Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And as that fades into the background, this is Lansing with myself, the ongoing five-minute radio podcast show and YouTube show where I, Steve D, of Tin Star Games, talk about being a freelance game designer and creative, especially when you're low on spoons and low on cash. Today I'm going to answer a question that no one's actually asked, but I do get asked a lot off this podcast, which is, what is my favorite game? Um, now, I have talked before about my favorite game mechanic, uh, way, way back in the 40s of these for this podcast. Um, uh, might have to go to the YouTube for that one, I think. I don't think that's actually in the podcast series. But um, that game comes from a game called Yggdrasil. But what is my favorite game? I usually say, when I get asked, I usually say Pandemic. Pandemic came out in 2009. It wasn't the first collaborative game, but it was a game that was really, really good at get collaborative games in a way that other games hadn't been, in a way that really... And it still has never really been beaten, and it's why it's been copied so much by Matt Leacock in, in things like Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Island and Forbidden Sky. Um, most collaborative games deal with momentum. Um, bad things happen, fires break out, and the players lack momentum at first, but if they spend their resources well, they eventually gain momentum, and, and then the game shifts from being crushingly bad to easily won. Pandemic never falls into that. It's always on the edge, and it's perfect, and it's beautiful, and it's accessible, and it's clear, and it's interesting, and it's a new kind of theme. It's not about fantasy or Renaissance villages, and it's accessible to everybody, and honestly, it was a real key moment. Back in 2008, 2009, 2010 was a transformative kind of period for games where there was just an enormous amount of invention, and it was really on the, the edge of that golden age, um, uh, or the center, I guess, of the golden age, when there was just really, really strong ideas coming out and just everything was changing and it was a great time to, to be in the game industry and watching things take off um, and, and change the world and change how we thought about games. But it's not necessarily my top get 10 game or top one game. I don't really order games like that. That's not how I think about the universe. Rainer Knizia famously says he doesn't have a favorite game because there's only the best game for the people around you at that time in that place. And I agree with that absolutely. The best game at any given time depends on who you're with and what you want. Um, also, what I think is, what, what, I, what I like about that question, I, what I want to use that question for is to talk about what makes a game. So often I'll talk about games that really interest me uh, as a person, but also create interesting reactions. So um, one of my favorite games is uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights, um, which is an amazing storytelling game that's 
completely random and not really a game at all because there's no skill it's just basically pure luck and an insane experience that you get to have and and feel and take part in um and i like to bring it up because a lot of people go well i didn't like it or it's not really a game is it you know and that's a really interesting discussion what is a game what isn't a game do you like that game it's enormously silly and it's enormously weird and but it's really well developed it's not just a light idea thrown together so it's a really good question about what makes a game what makes a game good what makes part of what makes a game finished and complete and interesting um does it actually have to have choices you know and as opposed to some very bad games that are very light and have no choices um another good example of that is um once upon a time which has often been my go-to answer again it's a game where the game is sort of secondary to the to the meta game experience of the stories that get told which is of course what you really want from a game you want a game that creates incredible moments that you go afterwards and go oh, this was the game where this happened um and i think that's why i'm really also drawn to games with really strong settings and um themes and particularly ones that have more meaning to us directly so i love suburbia um for example because it just creates these amazing moments where you're like this one guy had like 14 airports and and the next town over you know had you know only you know only one school and a hundred houses and it's just like that creates an instant story that makes more sense to us than you know oh i had you know the best path to genoa and my friend couldn't even get goods out of out of out of rome you're like well that doesn't mean anything to me but i understand what 14 airports are um clinic is another good example of that that's on my shelves i love it when the things go into political meanings like clinic clinic has an enormous amount to say about the medical system um holding on is my new recent favorite which is about you know incredible important things it's not it's an incredibly well put together collaborative experience that talks about the difficulty of balancing palliative care with medical care which is like a huge central dilemma of our time it is one of our great ethical things and it's in a game um next to it on my shelf is freedom the underground railroad which again talks about one of the most important political struggles of the last 200 years it is about ending the slave trade and what that looks like and rescuing slaves which you know is something that is still informs our politics and forces us to ask real questions and at the same time also again comes back to things like um arabian nights in that it's about what what can a game talk about how do games communicate meaning why are the slaves represented by just plain little cubes and not something else what does that tell us about how we think about games um and i like that i've always been someone who likes to grab for the cutting edge and things that make us ask really interesting questions and make us go oh that's something i hadn't quite thought of about how we can interact with each other and do different things and um that's sometimes very weird but it's sometimes very new and exciting uh and and very a uh, very popular sorry sometimes very weird and strange and niche but sometimes it's very very popular as well mysterium is another game that i love for that because i can present that to pretty much anyone and they will love it no matter what games they played and they'll unlock a part of their brain that they almost never use and that's so much fun and i love games that do that that sort of force people to think about things in a way they never have before 
and you know connect connect to different parts of their brains and allow them to be creative allow them to be silly allow them to tell stories allow them to think and allow them to react i mean the beautiful thing about games is they are they allow us to step into these worlds and actually work with them um captain sonar is another great example of that where we get to play this incredible experience that's like nothing else on earth and um share this bonding experience and i love those kind of games like that space cadets is another one um it's not on my shelf but experience games can be incredible um and and a, a way for people to experience things that are in fact like nothing else and to step into another world to think about other things to use parts of their brain and parts of their imagination that they could never have imagined using another way using before and that allows me to have a conversation about so many things about design and graphical representation and meaning and connection and language and symbology and how we connect to fictional things and those are the kinds of conversations i want to have you know what what is truth what is meaning how do we relate to the universe how do we learn things how do we know things you know semiotics philosophy these are the things that matter to me. These are things I want to talk about. So those are my favorite kinds of tabletop games. That's why my game Relics is all about philosophy. Um, you know, because it makes you do things that are different. Makes you think in a different kind of way. Um, and uh, yeah, my favorite role-playing games are in a similar sort of thing. And that they're, they're new, they're often different, they're interesting, but they're not always still even, not, they're not even indie darlings because they're often, for me, they're often a little bit behind the, the, the wave. Um, I've always been a huge fan of Ghostbusters if we're going through some RPGs because, again, it was really, really clever in how it unlocked sort of narrative concepts, you know, in 984, 20 years before almost anyone else was. Um, and uh, what else is on my shelf? Buffy, the role-playing game, is also there. Smallville, um, Primetime Adventures. These are all settings that are about thinking in meta layers again and about how we think about things and what things have meaning and how we switch between the layers of meaning and uh, that's something as i say that fascinates me and it's also why i like warhammer uh, as another great role-playing game because warhammer is kind of existing in a parody universe it's not supposed to be a real reflection of a fantasy universe but rather in the same way that gilbert and sullivan look at things like japan in the mikado Warhammer exists as, as a parody universe of fantasy, much like the Discworld is as well, but with a slightly darker tone. And um, that fascinates me, that it's such a literary game. It's such a, a game about meaning and, and how we think about things. So that's a very long 10-minute answer about what my favorite game is, and it has to do with the fact that I don't want to know what you my favorite game is is a buzz answer i want to talk to you about what is truth and what is meaning and how we know what things mean and how we know what things are real and which ones are fictional and how do we tell the difference that's the kind of conversation i want to have with you so that's how i answer that question a lot of a lot of waffle perhaps but that's how i think uh so now you know, and knowing is half the battle. Till next time, I've been Steve D. This has been Lancey with myself. Be good, play games, pat dogs, have fun. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.